This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. Hi, everyone. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders and find out how through the distractions of life they get at their deepest work. I'm Christina Mendonca. Welcome to this little spot in the digital universe. Glad to have you here for a little while. I'm finding it tough to believe it is July already. This year is flying by and I've had such an amazing year of new experiences and I want to thank all of you that have come along for this part of the ride for the podcast. Uh, I hear from some of you, you reach out to me and I, I appreciate it because I really love doing this. This is, this is a really fun part of my week. So I'm glad those of you who, you know, take the time to spend some time with me, enjoy it as well. All right. So this year has been all about new friendships, new projects. As I tell everyone who asks, what are you doing now? Uh, 2018 has been my year of saying yes, yes to whatever shows up. And if you're facing a big life change professionally or personally, you're going to have some anxiety about it. That little bit of your brain that makes you feel scared is the same thing that get, makes you get excited as well. The amygdala, deeply wired section of our brains, which evolved over the history of biology to protect us against perceived threats to our integrity or our existence. Realizing that it's triggered not only for anxiety, but that the excitement we feel when we take a huge plunge on a roller coaster or step off a platform when zip lining, that's the same part of our brain. So if you can get excited about the new projects and the new things that you're doing, uh, you won't feel so anxious about it. So all of us have to calculate those risks for ourselves though, right? I've taken a few this year. Some have uh, not gone as planned, which was fine. Some delivered much more than I thought they would. And I met a lot of people who kind of pulled me into their orbit, showed me new paths, and I keep finding new paths on my own. And of course, this is one of them. Love sharing my time with these interesting people. And you're gonna love today's guest, Beverly Parenti. She runs an organization called The Last Mile. She and her husband developed a technology startup inside San Quentin Prison, taking men who society deemed as lost causes and showing them how to turn their misplaced entrepreneurship into something people would actually pay them very well to do. So let's talk about prisons for a minute. More than a decade ago, two reporters I worked with, Karen Massey and Dana Howard, did a series of stories about the cost of educating prisoners. And they found out that it costs so much more to educate prisoners than it did our own children, or rather it was costing taxpayers a lot more. The numbers were just shocking back then, but today taxpayers easily, easily spend a million dollars on a longtime inmate who is paroled after 10, 15 years. And recidivism is expected. So then we throw more good money after bad. And it's not that a lot of people don't serve their sentences and then try. When I was a reporter in Denver, I followed this one inmate for a couple of years when he got out. I went to the prison the very last day of uh, Kenny's sentence when he was being released, and he asked me to join a prayer circle with other inmates, and they were all praying that he would have a successful parole. And as I stood there with my head bent, I thought, oh man, I'm hopeful, but this is probably not going to go very well, because I knew what all of you know. Who wants to hire a guy who served a long sentence in prison? What kind of job can he get? Because uh, the recidivism rate is high for women too. So what kind of job can she get if it's a long time female prison inmate? So I visited Kenny once a month for two years. And the first visit, he showed me his tidy little apartment. He proudly showed me around. And when I got to his closet, I saw a prominently displayed inmates uniform. And I said, what are you keeping that for? And he said, because it's a daily reminder that I never want to go back. 
And over the next two years, I watched him struggle so hard with finding a job and supporting himself because when customers found out that he had served time in prison, they went to the boss and then he was fired. And this happened over and over again. And he finally started a custodial business. And that was the last thing he was doing the last time I saw him. And a lot of people who do time end up starting their own businesses simply because no one's going to hire them. Custodial work, now don't get me wrong, it's good, honest, hard work. But what if men and women who are going to be released had those 21st century skills, the ones that big employers, Silicon Valley employers are looking for? And how do you teach those when the inmates are not allowed near the internet? Well, that is what Beverly and her husband, Chris, set out to accomplish with The Last Mile. And it has gone way beyond San Quentin. You just have to hear about it. So before I bring her on, let me tell you quickly about a group of guys with some amazing photography skills. This is our sponsor, New Age Aerial. It's more than a bird's eye view. New Age Aerial brings you beautiful vistas, breathtaking overviews, and an understanding of how things look from above. From movies to commercial photography and video, the drone team at New Age Aerial can get you the shots you need for a fraction of the cost of hiring a pilot and plane. These guys are experienced flyers too. Government agencies trust them during big crises. They can even send up a drone with guided monitoring from an engineer on the ground to get exactly the photos and the video needed. But they are also artists in the sky, getting those unforgettable and scenic shots that open movies and thrill at the beginning of large business presentations. We're very proud to have them as a sponsor because they are innovators in drone technology and use. You need them from a business presentation, a film, a, a real estate need, New Age Aerial. Check them out online at newageaerial.com. Enter promo code FRESHAGENDA and let them know you heard about them here. All right. Here now is Executive Director of The Last Mile, Beverly Parenti. When your husband initially visited San Quentin and presented you with kind of a rough idea of what he'd like to do, your response was not only no, but F no. <laughs> You're right. I'll never live that one down. What were your misconceptions? Well, actually, it wasn't a misconception. It was just I had probably the same feeling about um, spending time in prison, as most people do, because what we hear and see in the media um, is really, a, that in itself is the misconception. Um, I also was really ignorant. You know, I'd never been inside a correctional facility. Um, I didn't know anyone who had been uh, incarcerated. And so um, I thought there's so many problems in the world and I have so little free time. Why would I want to spend my time uh, going into prison. Right. And most of us don't have much experience with uh, someone who's gone to prison or, you know, have done time ourselves. And when we think about the insides of those places, I mean, they, they seem like very scary places with, filled with people that we do not want to, um, you know, socialize with. You're absolutely right. Um, and it was because of the research that I had done uh, after his crazy idea. I call them another one of Chris's CCIs or Chris's crazy ideas. Um, after he approached me with this idea of starting a technology accelerator inside San Quentin, similar to what we were doing in San Francisco at the time, um, I thought, well, I'll do some research and find out what the issues are uh, before I give him my absolute no. And what I found out about the issues facing the society today in that the United States has 5% of the world population and 25% of the world's incarcerated population. 
we at the time in California were spending over $60,000 a year to keep someone incarcerated. The costs, of course, have gone up since then. But the number that really got to me was the fact that over 60% recidivate. That means that within three years, 60% of those who return to society from incarcerated settings go back. So that made no sense. Tells you the system's broken. It doesn't work. And what we're doing right now is not working. Well, exactly. So we're not rehabilitating. We're just, we, at the time, uh, they were, you know, not having the skills to be successful when they returned to society. In fact, within one year, 75% were unemployed. So, okay, so uh, cerebrally, now I understood. And, you know, when you do the numbers, it just made no sense to release people back into society without the skills to be successful. And I thought if we could help reduce recidivism by 5% or whatever the number would be, and save those tax dollars from spending on incarceration and put that money to work on education and, and helping the youth of our state and our society to be more successful in their own development and career paths, then perhaps we could break that generational cycle of incarceration that exists. So to me, it made sense um, now from a fiscal perspective uh, so I actually agreed to go inside San Quentin and attend a program uh, and ceremony and meet some of the men who Chris had met the first time he went inside. And it was one of the men who performed a spoken word poetry piece that actually got me to cross the chasm. And he said, I can no longer let 12 minutes of one day define who I am as a person. I can no longer let 12 minutes of one day define who I am as a person. And I thought, we are all judging you. And I mean, all of you, the, the men in blue or the, the men who are living inside San Quentin, we're judging you by that, exactly that. So, I thought, you know, we could, if we give them the tools to be successful, return to society and not recidivate, then we are doing a really good deed, not just for the threat, these men and their families and their communities, but for society at large. And, you know, that's how it started. Man, you know, I've never been to San Quentin, but um, I have been to Supermax in Colorado. And that is like a high-tech version of hell. Uh, these institutions, they really have felt, at least the ones I've visited, of like places where hope goes to die. What did you find in these men when you were there? And, and that spoken word, I mean, it's so, um, it's so beautifully put uh, that, you know, just that 12 minutes of that one man's day to, to have to, to live with that for the rest of their lives. What hope did you find there that told you this can be done? Well, um, it's a great question. And I have to say, uh, San Quentin is a bit of an anomaly in at the time, especially um, when it comes to correctional institutions because of the proximity to San Francisco and, and Silicon Valley. They're, they have a, a large number of volunteers who come inside and teach programs. 
Uh, they also have the opportunity through the Prison University Project to earn an Associates of Arts degree. And what I, what I saw inside were a percentage, not everybody, but a, a, a good percentage of the men there. And this is a level two facility, so not a supermax. Um, they are just sponges for programs and knowledge and the tools. They, they want to have the tools to walk out the gates and be successful. And what I also saw was an administration who was open and just arms open to, to those who want to bring in really quality programs to provide hope, to provide knowledge, to provide skills, to provide, to provide vocational training. And believe it or not, all of the programs and the opportunities for the men to occupy their time doing very construction, constructive things also helps the environment inside. Um, you know, it, it, if you if you are occupied and, and um, using your time wisely, then there is little time for violence and trouble. So the administration was very open and receptive. The men themselves were, you know, open arms to us. Please come in. Um, and also the business community. We have a tremendous group of volunteers and guest speakers who come inside on a regular basis to provide training and uh, knowledge and books and authors who will share their stories with, with our students. It's interesting. As I was listening to your talk, I was looking at um, the, um, the, the some notes I made about one of Chris's talks on this, and he said that you guys needed to do three things. And you mentioned those just in that last, um, that last paragraph. Will they be able to absorb the lessons? Will we get the business community to help? And after graduation and release, can we get businesses to hire them? Which one of those was the hardest? I, I really don't know that any of them were hard um, because the results and the people who are returning to society are of such high quality and are so determined to succeed that the businesses are just, I have more business demand right now than I have graduates coming home. Really? Um, the businesses are approaching you saying, we want, we want these men and women. Yes. And women. Yes, exactly. They are. Um, you know, we, um, in, in our first four years, we had an entrepreneurship program where we taught how to write a business plan, how to tap into your passion. What would your business be if you could create something that you would do every day and, you know, you would even do it for free? What is the technology component associated with that and the social cause? And, it's very well documented on our website, thelastmile.org. There are videos of our demo days. And the ideas that the men came up with were extraordinary. But even more impressive than the ideas is how they were able to pitch them and how they had presence on the stage and how they were able to articulate their message. They just had so much drive and determination. So when the first um, 10 or dozen or so people came home, they were working for a variety of companies, including tech companies, but the, um, some had service jobs or customer service within businesses. And of course, every business utilizes technology. So they're already familiar with what's going on. And I have to say, without exception, uh, the businesses have said that these are the, some of the best employees they have ever had 
because they show up every day. They're there early. They stay late. They always have a smile on their face and there is nothing that they wouldn't do. And what they do with such enthusiasm and genuine interest just becomes infectious in, in their company. You know, um, it seems that prisoners, the things that get them there, especially the, the drug offenders that are maybe dealing drugs or whatever, it t- you have to be pretty entrepreneurial to be a criminal, to be someone who's selling drugs. Uh, I mean, they have like supply lines they set up and they have, they have a rough business plan of how they're going to do this sort of thing. So it, it sounds like a lot of people have an entrepreneurial spirit, but just have chosen incorrectly. That's exactly right. And they say that too. They say, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I had a great company. I just was on the wrong side of the law. So when I get out, I have the tools to be successful. I get it. I've already run a company, but this time I'm going to do it the right way. Do any of them worry about stigma? Because I know, I think when I, I think I told you when we talked earlier, I had followed a prisoner on his last day of, of um, his release day, and I followed him for two years. And it was very difficult. Now, this was 20 years ago. It was very difficult for him to reintegrate because people saw that he had served time, did not want to hire him. Uh, are the prisoners themselves or the, the inmates, the graduates, are they worried about stigma? So, um Interesting that you say that because after the four year entrepreneurship program, we decided that it would be really, um, really smart to pick a definable job skill so that when they do return to society, they're not showing up and, and showing up at an interview without a very specific skill. And if you think about software engineering and computer coding, it is really one of the only areas where one could be judged by the quality of their work and not the stigma of their past. They have a portfolio of work that they have uh, accomplished while they're incarcerated. Some um, who work for our joint venture web development company after graduating from the coding program actually have referenceable clients. So, Uh, Software engineering is a field that you could work for a company, you could work remotely, or you could develop your own business online. Um, But is there a stigma? There is. Has it changed over the last eight to 10 years that we've been running our program? Absolutely, yes. Why has it changed? Well, I think as a society, we're looking at criminal justice in in a new light, um, because there are so many archaic laws that have put people in prison for, you know, small possessions of marijuana, uh, for example, which, you know, the guys, uh, especially at San Quentin are like baffled, like the crime that I was put in for now today is legal and I'm serving a life sentence because of three strikes potentially and haven't yet had the opportunity to be resentenced. So um, the stigma is still there, um, but it's also the the guys who have been and women who've returned to society and have become successful are helping to change that narrative. I saw a couple of those uh, previous graduates in some of the videos that are posted online come back and talk and, and the, the looks on the faces of the guys are still in are, are priceless. I mean, as they look at this person who was in the same position. Well, it's aspirational. And what they say is if he can do it, I can do it too. In fact, uh, last Friday, we had our 
demo day and graduation at San Quentin for our coding program and also the opening of our new technology center, um, which we run our programs at San Quentin and several other facilities in partnership with Cal PIA, which is the California Prison Industry Authority. So it's really career technical education. And for this demo day, we had some of our graduates, I believe there were eight of them, come back inside to attend the graduation and then to be there for the grand opening of this tech center. And when I asked them all to stand in the audience of over 350 people, the, the ovation they received was um, just, it was amazing, not only from the guests, but also from the men in blue and to be able to see them uh, dressed in their suits and, and just beaming and to, for the men to be able to talk to them about their success and what they're doing today. Um, it's, it's, I, I kind of, I, I'm lost for words to, to even describe what that feels like, but it sets a, you know, it sets a goal for them uh, for the guys and, and women who are still incarcerated to be able to come home and know that they could do it too. Right. It's such a, a feeling of, of triumph. You can see that on their faces. And uh, I, I've watched so many of the, um, the videos over the last few days, and I would encourage others to go on and take a look at them. Um, I, I've been like on the elliptical trainer at the gym, like tearing up. People are wondering what's wrong oh. with me. <laughs> but they are well. they're very inspirational stories. Uh, something I have to ask you, this because this um, was fascinating to me uh, in some of the, the research how do you teach technology to people who aren't allowed access to technology? Uh, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> some of our students had never even put their hands on a keyboard before. But uh, Yeah, if you could give people some idea of what they have missed by being in incarcerated. My dad died in 2001, and when I look back at what he's missed even since mm -hmm. then, how fast it's moved... I can't believe uh, the things that they must uh, not ever have access to and not even know about. Well, they do watch TV. So they see commercials and they, you know, listen to news programs and so forth. And, and they can subscribe to magazines. And they do have a lot of guest speakers coming in, especially in San Quentin. So <clears throat> they have some idea. But as we all know, hearing about it and then actively participating are completely different. So... You know, we don't have internet access for the students. They're never allowed to be on the internet. So we actually created a simulated experience and a simulated environment um, so that they could be able to learn the skills, but within the realm of what is uh, allowable and possible in the system. So um, we created our own learning management platform where we house our curriculum. We've Oh, this, this is an amazing story. Um, so imagine we have all these assets and all the videos and, and links within, our, uh, within some of the, the, uh, the subject matter, but you can't link out to the Internet to find them. So we have to localize the content. And so now we have all these assets, all this information, but without Google, how do you search for it? You can't. So our advanced students, our program is a two-track program, six months each, and now we have an advanced track. So after one year of studying, if you have proficiency and show proficiency, 
in San Quentin, especially you have the chance to go into track three, or you could be interviewed to work for our dev shop, which is tlmworks.org, I mentioned earlier. Um, so the track three students created and built their own search engine. It's called Jolt. And in fact, there was, there was a recent article in Wired about it. So we had to create our own search engine so the students would be able to easily access the assets. We created a, a code editor that would simulate the same experience as an online code editor. So when you enter your code and there's an error, you know, they have the way, uh, a way to um, fix it and to understand how to continue to evolve their skills to be more proficient. So yes, it's hard, but coming from a tech background and Chris and I being entrepreneurs, because it's hard doesn't mean we don't do it. It means we try harder. Wow. So, I mean, do you see this program expanding to other institutions or do you think San Quentin is just so unique that it's just probably going to stay right there and do good work there? Well, our, our uh, intention was always to scale. And so we treated it like a startup and San Quentin was our proof of concept. So after we started it, uh, after San Quentin was up and running for, I believe it was almost a year, uh, we started a program in the desert. We wanted to see, can we, can we actually effectively uh, implement this program remotely? And so we started with one, then two, three, four, five, six, and now we're in our seventh facility. We have three men, three women's, and one juvenile facility. All of those are in California with one exception. In April, we opened our program inside the Indianapolis Women's Prison. Why Indiana? <laughs> yeah, wow. Why Indiana? Because Governor Eric Holcomb contacted us, heard about the program. He said, I want to bring this to our state. And it's always our intention to expand, but out of state. But again, we want to do it methodically. So we um, have been running that program for about two and a half months. And um, our goal, by the end of the year, we should be in 10 facilities. And our goal is 50 in five. And we have other states that are already prepping. Uh, I'm going to visit uh, Oklahoma City in a couple of weeks. And uh, they will be hopefully up and running by the end of the year, if not the first of uh, 2019. And we are starting to prep a lot of other states and other facilities. So uh, we want to be the de facto learning management platform inside correctional facilities for technology training today and who knows where it will go in the future. Well, that's amazing. And with Jolt, you've created this kind of closed loop um, uh, internet like for, for, for institutions. Yes, exactly. No internet access is required. And the cool thing about Jolt is just like Google, you know, we can see usage. We can see which keywords are um, being searched on most often, which assets are most uh, oftenly referenced and, and on and on. And, you know, we can, we can uh, utilize the data in aggregate to help us constantly improve. Wow. I, you, do you wake up just on fire with this every day? Because you sound, I mean, after years of running the program, you still sound like, you know, people sound in the first couple of years. Oh, that's really nice of you to comment on it. You know, I'm so passionate about my work because 
I am constantly reminded about the lives that we have changed, about the value that we, and when I say we, it's not just me and Chris. We have an amazing team of people. I call it my dream team. You know, we started small and now we have 15 employees and they share our passion. Um, you know, I just don't see it ever stopping. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe 50 and five is, you know, uh, an understatement. Um, it could be 250 and 10 or more. But um, as we methodically scale and we, we uh, are able to help those who ha- show proficiency and who have, you know, the skills, um, just to change the narrative about who's inside. Like, imagine we have graduates who come home and they're getting jobs as software engineers. Like, is that the perception people have of those who are formerly incarcerated? I don't think so. And they've served 17, 19, 21 years. Wow. So I know you have so many stories that uh, have touched your heart over the years, but just in the last last month or so, last few weeks, what is something that has, that has pinged you again, that this, this, is, um, this is the right direction and, and this is what I want to do with my life? Well, well, I'll tell you, just last night, um, or yesterday afternoon, um, we, Chris and I went to the Apple store on Union Square um, to hear Butterscotch. And her name is uh, Butterscotch Clinton. Antoinette Clinton is her name. Uh, Butterscotch, of course, is her performing name. And Butterscotch went to a, an event, a, a festival, a conference in Big Sky, Montana, many years ago. And um, at that festival, they showed a mini documentary about the last mile. And she was so taken with it that she got in touch with us and she said, please let me know how I can participate. How can I help? And so she came in and actually performed. We put on a conference, uh, a concert last Thursday night for the men at San Quentin um, and then on Friday for our demo day graduation, she was, she opened the, the uh, event and she's just amazing. She's a beatbox singer, performer. Um, and I urge everybody to look at butterscotch or listen to butterscotch music on, on Instagram and, and of course, Apple music, iTunes, but we're in, so she told us she was going to be at the Apple store. We went there and lo and behold, in the audience, and it was very informal, was one of our graduates, Horacio Hart, who has an organization. He started in our entrepreneurship program called Healthy Hearts Institute, and um, it's a community garden on the East Bay. But I, there was Horacio with his wife and his two, child, two of his three children. And just to see the family dynamic and how proud they are of their dad for what he has accomplished and to be able to just communicate with his wife and and kids um, was just like, it just fuels you with this tremendous pride that you could be a conduit in helping to change their lives and the trajectory of his life, Horatio's is, you know, is just permeating throughout his family. His kids are 
uh, both in in college and and very successful in what they're doing and it just you know just a circle of love around everyone it was just felt great and those are the types of things that fuel you Kenyatta Leal who's a alumni of our very very first cohort at San Quentin was just in Geneva speaking at the UN for the Human Rights Council talking about the prison to pipe poverty to prison pipeline he was incarcerated for 19 years he's been free for four and a half thanks to prop 36 being overturned 19 years he served 19 years and when he was resentenced he was resentenced to seven years he had already served 19 so he came home he's in geneva speaking in front of the un on human rights and so you know and today he actually works for the last mile he was worked for a technology company rocket space for four and a half years so that's what keeps me going. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, when your work can touch humanity in such a profound way that, and, and you can make those kinds of connections for people in their lives and for yourself, that's, that's living. That's fantastic. All right. I ask everyone this, um, uh, all my guests this. So you're running your incubator, working with the last mile, probably have a very per busy personal life. What do you do to kind of stay creative, replenish your idea factory, get in touch with that part of you that helps you be productive and creative on a daily basis. What do you do? I'm a fitness fanatic. I love to work out. I love to dance. Um, but I think the, the number one thing is that Chris and I have such an amazing relationship you know, as husband and wife, having been involved in business for uh, for all the years that we've known each other, because that's originally how we met, um, we are constantly, although sometimes I do say time out, we can't, no prison, you know, for the next 30 minutes, can you do it? <laughs> but, you know, we, I think when it's, a, it's kind of a calling and it's not work, um, we're, we're just always thinking about how can we make it better? What more can we do? And, you know, who, 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 who needs help? Who, who, where, where do we need to go next? And how do we continue to flourish and do as much as we can to help affect as many people and touch as many people as we can? And we come up with some more of Chris's crazy ideas. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I tag them. <laughs> and you do the research. Yeah, and then I do the research <laughs> and then I do the work. <laughs> uh, we, we, I mean, his capacity for work is just non-paralleled. Um, but, but, you know, what keeps you creative? We keep reading. We keep talking to people. We go to events. Um, and, you know, we meet people like you who will help us to tell our story and hopefully it touches someone who will reach out, uh, info at thelastmile.org, and tell us if you want to help in any way or, or come in and speak or whatever the subject might be. Um, we're, we're always just welcome, welcoming people with new ideas, and we listen. How great. And how great to have a partner that you're so closely aligned with in so many different ways. That's, that's a beautiful thing, too. Thank Excellent. you. Beverly Parenti, thank you so much, Executive Director of The Last Mile. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll encourage everyone to visit your website and, and check out The Last Mile, doing such amazing work. This has been delightful. Thank, thank you, you so much, and I look forward to continuing our friendship 
And um, please reach out if there's anything that I can possibly do to help you. Our thanks to Beverly Parenti for spending some time with us today to tell us about The Last Mile. You can go to thelastmile.org and get all kinds of information about the organization. They also have a radio show on Sirius XM, uh, so you can check them out there as well. So thank you to them for telling us all about the program. All right, New Age Designs, web design development with a purpose, ambition, and analytics. If you need digital marketing, you need design, SEO, SEM, Google Analytics setup, they can do that. They'll get you all set up with web hosting and they know all the key technologies. New Age Design staff has spent decades managing various UX and web marketing projects for large corporations, giving them the opportunity to work with the most talented digital agencies in the world. They can help you. Check them out at newagedesigns.com. When you reach out, use the code FRESHAGENDA. They'll take great care of you. I want to thank you so much for being here today. Reach out if you'd like to on my website, christinamendonza.com. Drop me a line. Let me know you're out there. And thanks for being here. Let's stay connected. This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.